All right, all you future podcasters out there, let me tell you about something you need to be aware of. I've been looking for different platforms to put my podcast into, and it's kind of confusing. There's a lot out there, a lot of them that charge you, but I found something that you need to hear. There's a platform called Anchor. Now, you need to understand, this one is free. There's no monthly fees, no yearly fees, no fees of any sort, no sign-up fees. It is free. Now, the best thing about it is that it's free and it comes with so many different tools. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, then one of the other neatest things is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. All you do is upload your podcast. Anchor handles all the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. First podcast you put up, you can start making money. Now, it's everything you need to have in one place to make a podcast. So, pay attention to this part. It's very important. Go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M or download the free Anchor app to get started. Bible study. Today we're looking at John chapter 1 verses 43 through 45. Let's read them now. Verse 43. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now this is a continuance of what we talked about last week in verses um, 35 through 42, where we looked at the experience of Andrew. We saw that Andrew uh, was sought out Jesus and was listening to the preaching of Jesus actively. We talked about that. We talked about that uh, Andrew then followed Jesus. Andrew took a, a, an initiative to follow Christ, and then once he made that commitment to follow him, Andrew had this conviction within himself that he needed to go tell his brother. He sought out then his brother, Simon, who we know as Peter, and told Peter, You've got to come see this. You've got to come see, I have found the Messiah. Now, as John tells us in verse 43, it says the following day. This literally means the next day, Jesus took it upon himself to seek out Philip. 
Philip, in this case, was not seeking Jesus. Look at verse 43 again. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Jesus would go forth unto Galilee and findeth Philip. The initiative came from Jesus entirely in this case. Jesus made the move to find and save Philip and to enlist Philip into his mission. But why? Why did Christ, in this case, seek out Philip? The stated purpose of Jesus going into Galilee was to find Philip. This is a picture of how far Christ will go to reach any soul. In order to reach a man, Christ will go any distance. They weren't in Galilee. And Jesus went to Galilee to seek out Philip. Now, one point here. Every person must heed the seeking of Christ when his seeking is sensed. Jesus went to Philip, sought him out if spiritual leadership and say, I feel the tugging of God in my heart. I need to respond. You'll know what it's for. Initially, it is uh, very likely that that tugging is that you would turn your life to him. But having said that, what if you're already a Christian and you still feel the tugging of God in your heart? Are you living your life according to his will? Are you feeling the, the burden of turning your life into ministry? Serving him full time? Possibly going into the mission field so that you can reach others for him? could be a variety of many things, but when you feel the tugging of God in your heart, respond immediately. Proverbs 29.1 says this, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and with that without remedy. If you feel that tugging in your heart and you continue to ignore it, you get that hardened neck, that hardened heart. And at some point, God will quit tugging. I don't know when that is. No man does. And thankfully, God continues that tugging for quite some time. He's going to give you every opportunity to respond to him. But if you continually ignore it, if you continually turn your back to him, God forbid when that moment comes when he says, you know what, I'm moving on. I've given you every opportunity. Now I'm moving on. Every believer should be willing to go any distance to reach people. Look at the example that Jesus is setting for us in this account. Jesus was seeking out Philip so much that he went into another city purposefully to seek out Philip. Are you willing to go any distance, take any step necessary to reach a lost soul? How about, are you willing to go so far as to reach a deeply depraved person? Do you consider maybe some people unreachable by God? Do we look at some people and go, you know what, they've gone too far. They've sinned too much. They live a wicked life. And there's no way God would forgive them. You got to be careful with that. 
for their sin is no greater than yours in God's eyes. Now their wicked ways may force them to have to pay more in regards to world punishment. But their sin in God's eyes are no different than your sins. I'm thinking of the alcoholic. I'm thinking of the immoral, the poor, the prisoner, the diseased. Do you look at these people and sometimes think, I am not going to reach them? There's no way I I, I can't relate to them. There's nothing that I would be able to say that would convince them to turn their lives to Christ, so I'm not even going to try. God forbid that should happen. We need to be going the extra mile to reach any person that God lays in front of our path. Every believer should be willing to go any distance to save even one soul. That's one less soul that's going to spend eternity in hell. That's one less soul that's going to spend eternity apart from Christ. We should break our hearts when we see somebody pass on and we know that for a fact that they weren't Christian. They've possibly felt that tugging in their heart and it has ignored it for a variety of reasons. You know what? I enjoy the sin in my life. I'll get saved at a later time and then that time never comes for none of us know how much time we have on this earth. Acts 1.8 tells us this, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This scripture tells us that the Holy Ghost gives us this power to reach everyone. We might not know what to say, but at that moment, at that time, if we're just willing, if we're just willing to take the step, the Holy Spirit's going to give you the knowledge and give you the words to say that in that case, to that individual is going to make the difference. God's going to give you that power if you're just willing to step out and do it. As Christ was, in this case, he sought out Philip. Are you seeking out the unsaved? Something for all of us to think about. Matthew chapter 25, 35 and 36 tells us, For I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. God comes to us in the times that we need him. In a variety of needs that can come apart in our lives. He's also giving us an instruction here that we should be willing to seek others out when they need us. If you feel the tugging in your heart that God's saying you need to speak to that person, then speak to them. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. The Holy Spirit will give you the confidence. But you need to be willing to take that first step. That's all God's asking us to do. In our account here, Jesus is seen fulfilling his mission in seeking and then saving Philip. He fulfills his mission. What was his mission? Well, 
Jesus came into the world for the very purpose of seeking and saving the lost. That's why he was here. And he shows us right here that he sought out Philip and that he saved him. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Those were Christ's words. His mission was to seek out man and save the lost. Jesus did that, his very self, right here in our account today. Jesus himself called Philip. He called Philip to do what? He called Philip and simply said, follow me. And then Philip heeded that response and immediately responded. Now why, we asked earlier, why was Philip sought out by Christ? Well, verse 44 tells us. Verse 44 says, Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Remember in our previous episode, we talked about Andrew's experience. And Andrew then seeking out Peter. And Andrew and Peter then following Christ. So it's reasonable to assume that Andrew and Peter then said, Jesus, we know Philip. We lived in the same town with him. We know his heart. He is seeking you out. He is ripe, and you should seek out Philip. Christ, knowing Andrew and Peter's heart, then sought Philip out. Philip was longing for this deliverance. He was aching for the Messiah. Philip sought out the company of those who were like-minded. In search for such people, he had met Andrew and Peter, and had apparently become friends of theirs for some time. Therefore, it was only natural for Andrew and Peter to suggest to Christ that he seek out Philip to become a disciple. So in our case today, Philip was called by Jesus because, number one, he had done something about the longing and aching for deliverance within his soul. He had sought out like-minded people. He had sought out the friendship of Andrew and Peter. And his reputation preceded him and that when the opportunity came up, Andrew and Peter vouched for him and said, this is a man that can, we can call into this and that will follow you. Philip was called by Jesus also because he had sought out the fellowship of those who were seeking God's salvation. And again, at that time, at that moment in time when that testimony spoke for itself, Christ heeded that as well and then sought out Philip. And as we talked about last episode, Philip had placed himself where the message would reach him when it came. The message was there. He had put himself in the place. His testimony spoke for itself. And when that message came, he was in a position to respond. Psalm 107 verse 9 tells us this, For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Philip's soul was longing. Philip's soul was hungry. And Christ came upon and filled it. Now, just as Andrew in our previous episode, when Andrew had committed his life to following Christ and saw that this indeed was the Messiah, Andrew's first instinct was, I've got to go tell my brother. We talked about that in depth. Philip also 
had a first instinct, I have to go tell my friend. Christ sought me out. He changed my life. I'm giving my life to him. I'm going to follow him. Now I have got to go tell Nathaniel. Philip's first concern was to reach his friend Nathaniel. Philip findeth Nathaniel. Jesus had challenged Philip to follow him, to become just like Jesus, and Philip did. See, he had went out and did exactly what Jesus had done to him. Jesus had sought Philip out, and now, and in following that example, Philip sought Nathaniel out. Jesus had sought and found Philip. So now following that example of the Lord, again, he went out and found his friend Nathaniel. Philip, following that example of the Lord, did exactly what the Lord had done to him. Also following that example of Andrew, who had went out and immediately found Peter. Verse 45 tells us this. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law, and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip had said, we had found him. We have found him. Philip, this is an extremely joyful statement. You can hear the excitement in Philip's voice here, can you, can't you? We have found him. This indicates that they had been looking for him, that they had been seeking the Messiah out. They knew the prophecies. They knew God's eternal plan for man and his word that was recorded in Scripture. They knew it was there for their direction, and they were seeking it out. They were waiting for the signs. They were waiting for all the Old Testament prophecies to come into line and for the Messiah to come. And now Philip sought Nathanael and said, We have found him. And Nathanael knew exactly what he was speaking of as soon as he had said that. Again, Philip and Nathanael knew the scripture. And Jesus was immediately identified to them as the Messiah. I've mentioned this in previous lessons, but it's often said by those who say that the Bible really doesn't say that Jesus is God, does it? Well, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Those that believe that have never read Scripture or read Scripture in such a way as to not understand its context. Here, Nathaniel and Philip have been waiting for the Messiah to show up. And knowing all the prophecies and knowing the Old Testament, they knew the signs to wait for. And when Christ sought out Philip, Philip immediately identified him as that Messiah. It doesn't, in this verse, tell us, Jesus is God, although it does mention him being identified as the Messiah. The Messiah was God. They were waiting on God incarnate to come back. And Jesus was that revelation. Jesus was God. Philip and Nathaniel both gave their lives at that moment, sought out by Christ, they gave their lives at that moment to follow him. They responded when God was tugging at their heart. So again, I ask, 
Have you felt the tugging of God at your heart? Do you consider yourself not saved at this point? You'll know. You'll know. You feel in your heart that, you know what, you just don't have that relationship with God. Have you felt the tugging of God at your heart and are continuing to not respond? I urge you at this moment today, respond. Just as Philip had done. When Jesus sought him out, he responded. So should you. Understanding what God has done for you. Your sins, even one sin, disqualifies you from heaven. Disqualifies you from a relationship with a perfect, holy God. And there is no sacrifice that you can make that will fix that relationship with him. That's why Jesus came to be here. That's why Jesus was crucified on that cross. He was crucified not for anything that he did, because he lived a perfect life. No, Jesus was crucified on that cross for the sins of you and I. Not just the sins that we've committed in the past. No, for the sins we've committed in the past, for the sins that we commit today, and for the sins that we commit in the future. He was crucified for all of that. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus was that sacrificial lamb that must have been crucified. That blood had to have been shed to cover our sins. But then Jesus went further than that. And three days later, he conquered death. He rose again, giving us the hope and the confidence that we too can experience eternal life with him we worship a living god not a dead god who who doesn't respond or can't respond no we worship a living god christ rose from the dead he conquered death and all you need to do is believe in him all you have to do is believe in his sacrifice, believe in his crucifixion, believe that he lived a perfect life, believe that there's nothing you can do to earn your way into heaven. If you believe in him, understand that sacrifice and understand that he then conquered death. And then you believe in such a way that you're willing to turn your life over to him and follow him. Just close your eyes and speak to him explain that to him and then that's all you have to do you then become a Christ a child of God and amongst a fellowship with other believers that nothing can describe all the burdens of your sin then are wiped away let's pray Christ, I want to thank you for our message today. I want to pray that if there's anybody out there that had listening to this message, that if they felt the tugging of their heart by you, that they responded, that they immediately closed their eyes and said that prayer and 
spoke to you in such a way as that they understand the gift that you've given us, that you've given us the opportunity to be sanctified, set apart, to be justified in that just if we've never sinned before by just understanding and accepting that sacrifice that you gave, that you shed your blood for our sins, that you then conquered death, rose again, conquering death, something that we could never do on our own, that we were able to then accept and that you're able to offer us that eternal life that eternal life spent with you in heaven, worshiping you in perfection. Dear Heavenly Father, we just need to be able to respond. You just need to open our hearts to accepting that tugging. And then if I pray that if there's a Christian out there listening to this, that if they felt the tugging into their heart for full-time ministry, for full-time missionary service, that again they accept that as well. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen.